0: Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Amen. How many of you know our lives have been changed due to all the ladies in our life? Who have been talking to Jesus about our lives and before we do anything else let's just take a moment and practice what we just sang. let's talk to Jesus let's bow our heads in prayer father we come before you today in the name of Jesus and we just thank you for the gift that you have given us and all of the ladies of, in our lives who have prayed for us nurtured us cared for us led us guided us Put up with us. Oh, Father, we just give you thanks for this precious gift. And Father, we just thank you by your power and your spirit that you would honor each and every mother here, each and every mother watching online, each and every mother who may listen to this podcast. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name that you teach us through your word how to do this. That this would not just be a teaching that we hear with our ears, but this would be something that the Holy Spirit imparts to our hearts. Father, we thank you for these things, and we ask it all in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Can we give it up for all the mothers? Oh, come on, all the moms. We love you guys. Amen, we're honored to celebrate you today and to celebrate the gift that God has given us in mom. Uh, and so we're honored to have you here and then as well as everyone watching across town at the Highland Colony Campus. Can we here at Lakeland give it up for our Highland Colony Campus? Oh, you guys are the best. And uh, had a great time at the 8.30 service. I know we're gonna have a good time at the 10. And can both campuses now give it up to everyone who's watching around the world online? We are honored to have you guys. And I know everyone here at the Lakeland campus is like, okay, that's enough clapping. God, let's, let's move on. Uh, but we're so thankful for, for you to tune in wherever you're watching from. And we pray, uh, I, I know that some of you, because of COVID, you're not able to spend this holiday like you wanna spend it the family and friends and loved one and children, but I just pray you feel loved and know that you are loved by us and are loved by your family, and we and they can't wait to hopefully see you sometime real soon. I know I am blessed to have some wonderful ladies in my life, and here at the Lakeland campus sitting on the front row is my 88-year-old grandmother who is here with us today, She is, without a doubt, the toughest person I know. I promise you, I have learned from her to never give up, never quit, keep praying, keep believing, keep living, keep rejoicing, keep praising. And because of this woman talking to Jesus, and this is not, this honestly, uh, is not something that's just thrown out there. It's the truth. Uh, Because of this woman talking to Jesus All of this is here today. Uh, My father and my uncle uh, tried to drift from Jesus, but she kept talking to Jesus. And not only did both of those young boys give their lives to Christ and came out of drugs and all of those kinds of things and surrendered to Jesus, but both became pastors. And now her grandson and her grandchildren go to bed praying tonight every single day. Uh, her great-grandchildren go to bed praying, uh, talking to Jesus every night because she didn't quit talking to Jesus. Uh, and then at the Highland Colony campus, my wife is actually over there all day today at the Highland Colony campus. Uh, my wife is just, her name is Peppy. if you don't know her, and she fits that. She has brought so much joy and just so much strength to my life, uh, literally, just Uh, she lights up my world she 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 makes my liver quiver like oh I I have to stop Uh, but no my wife is amazing and then my mom is actually today preaching in Macomb Mississippi Uh, and my mom was the gravity that held this church together through decades uh, of time and this church is over 40 years old now uh, and my mom just was gravity that just kept this church from falling apart through multiple <laughs> different occasions and uh, is the most forgiving person I know, just just uh, an amazing human being. So I am blessed to have so many ladies in my life and I know that many of you are as well and uh, today we just want to celebrate you and actually I had a message I was going to preach I was going to talk about how it's dangerous to compare ourselves among ourselves how there is no win in comparison in fact there is only sin in comparison and talking about being uh, the best you you can be while at the same time loving yourself and embracing yourself Uh, and was going to go in that direction and then I called my mom and I was talking to her and she asked me she said what are you going to teach on and I told her what I just told you and then she told me what she was going to preach on and I'm like I like that better I think I'm actually going to teach on that Uh, no what happened was is I read the scripture that was going to be her lead in text and when I read it I saw something for myself that I had never seen before and I, I realized how this is a subject that I have not taught on enough in our church To build this teaching in you and today I want to begin course correcting that to really embrace these scriptures and to make them a part of your heart Uh, and so let's look at them together today you can open up your Bibles with me to the book of John we're gonna look at John chapter 19 in verse number 25 here Jesus is being crucified I cannot imagine the pain of this moment Uh, But he is being crucified, and right next to him, something amazing is about to happen. John chapter 19 and verse 25. Now, there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. Now, let's just stop right there. Can you imagine? Like, honestly, I, I, I trust that we have some parents in here today. Can you imagine watching your child endure what Mary had to watch her child endure? Like, to, to have this moment where you are watching your child endure the type of physical, mental, and relational pain. And this is something like, I, I know, I just have teenagers now. Do we have any parents of teenagers in the house? Any? Okay, prayers to you all. <laughs> Uh, yes, thank you. I hear, I hear that. Uh, uh, so uh, even with, with teenagers, watching them go through pain is something that I don't know if anything affects my heart quite that way. Watching them go through relational pain or to go through situational pain or physical pain and here you have the mother of Jesus processing all that is going on in the life of her son. Like, we know Jesus as the Savior of the world, and granted, he was her Savior, but this is her son, and she is watching him endure all this. And watch what happens as this takes place. And it keeps going here. Next to Jesus' mother was uh, uh, her sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary of Magdalene. In verse 26 when Jesus therefore therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved. Now, for those of you wondering who that is, that is John. John is the writer of the book of John. And uh, one thing that is interesting is he never described himself as John. He's not like an I, John, was standing there next to Jesus' mother. Anytime John refers to himself in the book of John, he always calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. I don't know about the other 11, is saying but for me I know I was the disciple that Jesus loved and so John is standing there next to Jesus's mother as well and watch what happens here and he said unto his mother Jesus is talking to his mother woman behold your son and he said unto his disciple John behold your mother And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. Verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now, notice verse 28 again. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. After what? After Jesus noticed his mother. Now, here you have Jesus dying. He's literally dying on the cross. And he's like, nope, can't die yet. I've got to finish something. It's like, well, what do you have to finish? He's like, i got to make sure my mom is okay. Now, he, he's in this moment, and he is enduring more than we could ever possibly imagine. When you read what Jesus is going through, it is the definition of brutality, Jesus, in this moment, and hours before this, has experienced the very worst of humanity. Physically, he has been beaten. He has been mocked. He has had an enemy blindfold him. Punch him in the face, as hard as he could, be, as hard as he could punch, and saying, if you really are the Son of God, and you know all things, tell us then, Who punched you? He has been stripped naked. The humility and shame of that. He has been paraded. He has had uh, stripes put on his back with a Roman whip. Before even all of these physical things, he was under so much pressure internally just from the situation of life he was in. Has life ever put you in a situation where there was internal pressure? And he is in this place knowing what is about to happen to him, and he's under so much physical pressure that his capillaries burst in his skin, and he begins to sweat, drops of blood. He's facing so much pressure that he literally can't stand, the Bible says that he falls to his face to the ground, and he tells his heavenly father, if there be literally any other way, like... If you can think of another option, let this cop pass from me. There is no one busier than Jesus in this moment. He's carrying the weight of the whole world. There's no one more alone in this moment. He's had one of his closest friends betray him, sell him for 30 pieces of silver. Can you imagine your friendship being sold? With someone that you love, they'd like sell you. Um, he has watched his his uh, one of his disciples who he has intimately loved, like shared such deep fellowship with in Peter betray him. And to say, I don't know the man. And he is experiencing all of this. Now, I'm I'm saying this for a reason. One, because Jesus is awesome. Can we give it up for Jesus this morning? Like across the world, Jesus is awesome. And it had to be done this way. And the reason why it had had to be done, and you need to understand this, especially if you don't consider yourself a Christian, uh, is it had to be done for you. Because Jesus is paying the price for every time you have missed it, for every time you have wronged someone, for every time you have hurt someone. For every time you have betrayed someone, for every time you have done something that you would have regretted, Jesus is paying the price for your sin so you don't have to. It had to be the most brutal thing anybody has ever seen because mankind, once again, was demonstrating that kind of brutality and someone had to pay the price for their actions in order for them to be bought, in order for them to be redeemed by the precious blood of a spotless lamb. So Jesus is enduring all of this and he can feel he's about to die. He he can feel his body is about to give up his spirit and he's like, wait, wait. I cannot leave yet, it's not finished. I gotta make sure my mom is okay. Mom? Behold your son. John, if you are my disciple, I want you to take care of this mother. John, if you are my disciple, I want you to take care of this mother. And then he's like, okay, now I'm done. And he dies. This type of of thing is very interesting to me because one, it shows the, the awesome ness of our lord that even in his moment where there's so much going on in his world he still sees you and he still notices you that even with the coronavirus you know doing what it has done and all that's going on in india and Colombia and in your own personal worlds that the lord still sees you and wants to target you for provision and target you for healing Your face is ever before the Lord. It's amazing. But while this is is very um, um, interesting how this plays out, it is also something that we have to see that Jesus' life is not just a life that needs to be celebrated and honored, that the reason why Jesus lived in such a way where his life was sure to be recorded was he wanted his life to be an example Um, that Jesus is to be celebrated and he is to be honored and in all of our lives we are to honor the Lord Jesus. But he is not just uh, having these things being written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for us to be like, God is awesome! Go Jesus! That's why I love him. Uh, He is also writing these things so that they may be learned from. So that they may be Done. Uh, we have in, in modern day Western Christianity embraced the grace gospel like possibly no other generation before us. And that is a great blessing. And, and what the, the grace gospel teaches us is it's not by works that we are saved, lest any one of us could boast. So the basic uh, teaching on works, I'll just put it in a nutshell. If you do really well, you feel really good about yourself. And if you do really bad, you feel really bad about yourself because of works. So I come to church for a consecutive amount of time. I give, I forgive, I do this. I feel really good about myself. Now instead of Jesus being the hero, I'm the hero. I'm boasting about how awesome I am. Uh, And if I fail to live up to the works, it's like, gosh, slept in again. Like uh, I I spent the time, money again on something else. Like uh, all of these kinds of things, then I don't live up to the works. Now I feel shame. And uh, I, I feel like I'm less than. And what Jesus has done and come in has showed us that it's not by works you have been saved, lest any one of us could boast. It is by grace you have been saved, which makes us praise Jesus. Because now when things are really good, it's like God is awesome and I give God praise. When life is amazing, I give God praise. God, you have been so good to me. God, you have been so gracious to me. It's by grace. But now when life has been bad, and most importantly, when I have been bad, it's not I'm the the worst and scum and like a terrible human being. It's God, you are awesome. By your grace and what you did for me on the cross, now I fall into worship that even in my sin, yes, even then, you shed your blood and you died for me. God, you're awesome. So grace always makes God awesome and makes you able to approach God. Uh, So the New Testament teaches us that it's not by works we have been saved, uh, which is great. But it also teaches us that though we are not saved by works, we are saved for works. Uh, When Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I can't tell you how many times I have heard that scripture taken out of context. Uh, When he is talking about this, uh, when you had a younger person who would come into the life of an older person, this is why Jesus didn't begin his ministry till 30. Because it wasn't until age 30 that you could take in the next generation. When you reach 30, you can now impart your wisdom to the next generation. And this is why, shocker, all the disciples were teenagers. You became a man in that culture at age 13. Now you understand why Jesus had to correct them, like he corrected them all the time. Uh, they're like, Can we sit on your right or left hand? He's like, What kind of question is this? They see people sitting, it's like, let's call fire down upon them. He's like, what? Teenagers. Uh, So uh, out of this, uh, at age 30, Jesus became a rabbi, a teacher, and would be able to take in the next generation and have them walk with him. And when you said to someone, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, that word yoke does not mean like, uh, you know, job. That word yoke is teaching. Take my teaching upon you. Do life my way. I'm going to show you how to live life. I'm going to place you in close proximity with me where you can write down how I live. And then I want you to take that teaching upon you. Take that lifestyle upon you and you will see that teaching is easy and that teaching is light. And in this teaching of Christ, it is a teaching that shows us that while we are not saved by works, we are saved for works. That since I have been so freely forgiven, now I will freely forgive others. That since Christ has so freely served me, now I will go and serve others. That since Christ has freely blessed me, now I will freely bless others. That since Christ has taken such good care of me, I will now go take such good care of others. And it's not because me taking care of others makes God Loves me and love me more or makes God love me less, it is because God has so loved me that now I will go and love others. I'm saved for works. And, and so out of this, we have created um, um, a, a culture that comes to the church and asks for as much as what it can give while not teaching the, the lesson of like, This life that Jesus has given, shown us is to be celebrated, yes, but it's also to be learned from. And one of the big principles that Christ shows us is how to honor people, how to honor people. There's a woman caught in the middle of adultery, thrown down at the feet of Jesus. Everyone wants to stone her. Jesus brings honor. Uh, Jesus came to to show us an honor-type culture. Now, we are to honor places, people, things, like there is a a life of honor that, that takes us. Paul writes and talks about how employees are to honor employers and how employers are to honor employees. Like, we should live in a culture of honor. But one thing that is taught from the Old Testament, in the teachings of Jesus, and in the writings of the Apostle Paul, is that we collectively, as a Christian body, are to honor our father and our mother. That we are come to collectively bring and show them honor. Now, let's go over to the book of Ephesians. You're in John. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 6. Here is a a man by the name of Paul. Paul was a Greek person uh, who, uh, when he came to Christ, hated the church. Uh, So if you're here today because someone said, I'm your mom, just come, and you don't really like the church, the guy who wrote this letter was just like you. He did not like the church uh, until one day he met Jesus. And when he discovered the love of Jesus, he also discovered a love for the church, even if it's imperfection. And instead of persecuting the church, this is amazing, now he started churches. And one of the churches he started was in Turkey at a place called Ephesus, and he wrote a letter to them teaching them uh, the yoke of Christianity. Take my teaching upon you. He is teaching them how to put this Christianity into place in their life and lifestyle. And he writes this in Ephesians chapter 6. Watch what he writes here in verse number 2. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Notice, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. He says, when you honor your parents, I will honor you. Those who honor will be honored. Those who honor their parents, God will honor them. And and out of this, he's not writing this to, um, you know, (laughs) eight-year-olds. This letter is written in context like this. Paul writing a letter to the church he started at Ephesus and, and saying, hey, read this letter when you get up to your church. And uh, to the elder at Ephesus who's conducting the services, just read this letter. And he writes this, honor the first commandment, or or, or honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment. So, and and this is interesting, the commandment that's been taught all throughout Scripture uh, is to love one another as Christ has loved us, but in Old Testament, in the teachings of Jesus and in the book of Ephesians, it's also not just to love one another, but it is also to honor our father and our mother. Um, a number of years ago, I took my wife to India, uh, and it was her first mission trip ever, Like, I I love the world. I love going into the world. Uh, Like, I I love cultures. I'll try anything once. Not drugs, but anything outside of drugs. Uh, (laughs) Let me clarify. I'm so out of that and other various sins. I will not try those. uh, But uh, most things, like eating-wise, or like, sure, I'll try it. Uh, So I, I just enjoy adventure, Uh, And my father put in me as a very young child that in order to love the world, you must see the world. And to embrace other cultures and other nations and other people and to see the world through their eyes. To break your little bubble that you live in. And see the world in God's creation. Uh, And so uh, at 12, I went to Kenya. Uh, and then that summer, I went to Greece, and went to Israel, and went to England, and and went to various nations in Africa, and all of those kinds of things. So I told my wife, I'm like, I know you're not quite wired like me. Uh, she's more of a homebody. I'm more of an adventurer. But I, I said, I think it would be good for you to just see it, to see the world. And so we went to India. What better way than just go all the way across the world for your first one? Um, And so when you travel overseas like that, it's a shock to your body, especially if you're not used to it with the time changes and then the cultural changes and, you know, all those kinds of things. So I knew we better kind of settle in. And so I hired a tour guide for the first day that we were there uh, to take us to various places and, uh, you know, to also help keep us awake uh, due to, you know, the time change. Uh, so, we, we get in this guy's car and he's taking us around to all these places, Red Ford and, you know, these various um, places of, of national interest. And then I also asked him to take me to the, the different religions. Um, in India, you have Hinduism, you have Sikhism, you have a bunch of other types of religions that may be there. And I wanted to see the prominent ones. And somebody says, well, why would you want to do that? Because I I literally live and breathe to introduce people to Jesus. Nothing matters more than me, to me. I mean, like, but I know that first I must seek to understand before being understood. Uh, and so I, I went and I was amazed at like um, the servanthood among those, those people of how they served each other. Like in their place of assembly, every single day volunteers would gather, every day like clockwork to feed people breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, and to come together for community but also come together to meet need. And I'm like, this is amazing. Anyway, at the end of all that, um, at the, the end of the day, I knew that my tour guide had interacted with me, had seen my manner of living, had seen the way I treated my wife, and I had prayed that my light had shined in some capacity, that people could, could see the message before they hear the message, And so I asked him, I said, I know you probably have many uh, Americans and people like this who hire you for these types of services and those types of things, and so I'm sure you're familiar with Christianity. And I said, you know, out of this, uh, have you ever thought about uh, Jesus? What does Jesus mean to you? What does Christianity mean to you? Would this be something you'd be more interested in learning about? And he said, I have heard of Jesus. And I have heard about Christianity. And he said, I've never, though, thought ever about joining it. And I said, interesting. I said, well, why? Like, why would you not want it? He said, everyone that I meet who is a Christian, uh, they have a completely different worldview of elders, and he said, in your culture and in Christian culture, y'all spend so much interest on the youth, but he said, for me, when I go to uh, another nation, I not only buy my wife a present, I'll buy my mother a present, somebody said, I like, I heard that, I, I like that, Right. So, so I'll buy my mother a present. And he said, my, wa- my mother lives above us. We have a flat, and she has the flat above us. I said, well, how does that you know, like impact like your relationships in your home or in your wife? He said, all of us know what a gift we have there. And he said, everybody that I talk to your culture celebrates Youth and strength, it's on your screens, it's what's chased, everyone wants to be younger. In our culture, we prefer wisdom and knowledge. When you move into a house, you'll invite young people to pick up the furniture and bring it in. When we move into a new house, we will invite our elders to teach us how to live in the home. And he said, because of this type of of lack of, of honor, I have never considered Christianity. And I said, well, you may have met some other people, but you have not met someone who is practicing Christianity, if that is what you have taken away from them. Because when I practice Christianity... It's my life could be so busy that I am dying for the world and I still think about mom. Is she okay? Is she taken care of? Will she be provided for? Come on, somebody. Like in in my world, (laughs) the one we are named after, Christ, as Christians, when we read the New Testament, we see that we are to be people of honor. That we are to take the the older generation and we are to treat them as fathers. That we are to take the old generation and we are to treat them as mothers. That we are to invite their counsel into our lives. That if there is someone who's a widow, the community of Christians gathers together to make sure she's okay, she is provided for. If there's someone who's become an orphan, we gather together to make sure that that orphan and that child is taken care of. We honor each each other. We have a a tribe of people who give honor to each person in that tribe. And we do value our young men for their strength, but our old men, we value their wisdom. And we we do see uh, the the things that the the young generation is bringing. And, And we do need to honor that, and we do need to treasure that, and we do need to listen to that. But we also have to make sure that if we are practicing Christianity, that we come back and we honor our father and mother, for it is the first commandment with a promise that it will be well with you and you will live long on the earth. That's a really stout promise when you think about it. God says if you do this, it will be well with you. God says if you do this and you will live long on the earth if you honor your father and mother. So uh, you know, I'll have to close, but what, what is honor? What is honor? Uh, honor is not um, not telling the truth. I had lunch with uh, a gentleman on Thursday, Glenn Collins. Glenn quickly has become one of my favorite people. Uh, I love Glenn. I love his, his wisdom and his strength. And every, I mean, Glenn is just awesome. Anyway, uh, he said something in that, that lunch. He said, you're as sick as your secrets. You're as sick as your As your secrets and when he said that that just resonated in my heart because I'm a pastor I know a lot of people and a lot of people you know come to me with with problems and what I've seen is it's very hard to get people to tell the truth but truth sets you free and if you're not willing to tell the truth you will be as as sick as your secrets that we have to have a culture where we can tell each other the truth Uh, So, as we're honoring father and mother, it is not like acting like we have these perfect specimens of parents who have never missed it and have never wounded or hurt or been human. Like, we, we fully understand that there are many people in this room and many people across Christianity who did not have the best representation of a father or a mother. And out of that, we have wounds from that and we need to heal. And one of the biggest things that brings healing is telling the truth. But, but one of the things that honor will do is even in telling the truth, whenever it communicates that truth, it is communicating it to heal not only the person, but also the relationship. And it is not communicating it to broadcast their faults, failures, and flaws to a community uh, or to somebody else. Uh, that I will, will treat them with honor by protecting them with my words while also pursuing healing and telling the truth Uh, To set me free. Uh, But also, not only will I allow my heart to honor them by withdrawing words, but I will also open up my heart to give them words words of forgiveness, words of life, words of love, and I will also position myself to be a blessing unto them. And when I begin to just meditate on these things for me personally, I begin to think about my father and my mother and my grandmother. Um, And my grandparents. And I've even seen just through my meditation of this in less than 24 hours of how even in my family, oftentimes we will skew to the children. And we'll have a schedule that is just filled with their activities. And a schedule that is filled with their interest. And are they Okay. And, and how we are skewed in that direction as a Western culture. Uh, but how many of you understand that there is a Western culture and there is an Eastern culture, uh, but the most important culture is a kingdom culture? And his yoke, his teaching, his lifestyle, teaches me that I am to pay attention to my children and not provoke them to wrath and nurture them in the care of the Lord. And I do need a focus on the generation that is coming up after me to make sure that they are blessed and taken care of. But also in that, I should also have a generation, uh, an eye on the generation that came before a- and that I should honor and care for them, even to the point of sacrifice for my life Because those who honor will be honored and those who embrace this teaching will find it will not be hard or laborsome because God's grace will meet you in that moment and when you adopt and seek first the kingdom of God and take on this teaching, all of these other things will be added unto you. And so even for me with this message, I am using this as kind of like a crux uh, to really have one eye on the the generation that is coming up, but another genera- an eye on the generation that came before. And how can I care? How can I honor? How, how can I, I really just use today as a a moment of saying, as busy as we are, what am I not seeing? I know I have a service after you guys, and so I, I can't preach forever. And I do want you to come back next Sunday, so I can't preach forever. Um, but can I just say I am alarmed at how much, and I say this to create a safe place, my goal as a pastor honestly is not to entertain you. My goal is to teach you this and to keep you safe. But we live with such expediency. With the rise of the phones, we are busier than we've ever been and more distracted. And so we look, but we don't see. And I've just been encouraged in my own life to just turn off the phone. Not put it on silent. Turn it off. And to see my children and to see my wife. And now through what I have learned just even in 24 hours through the example of my Savior, to see my mother and to see my grandmother and to bring honor to that generation. And some of us at all of our campuses, also need to take the time to see ourselves and to see where we have been hurting and to receive love. There's a reason why he gave his mother to John. John had a revelation of love. John had a revelation of receiving love and giving love. And so I I pray for me, for you, for us, that it leads to maybe not in our culture, but in this kingdom culture, us paying attention more to the generation above us. But also, let's make a decision to pay attention to ourselves. And so I'm going to have all of our campuses just bow our heads, close your eyes. You can't hear, you can't at Highland Colony. You can keep the feed going at Highland Colony. I'll pray, and then I'll invite our campus pastor up uh, to end the service. But at all of our campuses, can we just have a moment where maybe if you're you're seated next to um, your wife or a mother or a grandmother, that we just have a moment where we just pray for them Father, collectively, we all come together in the name of Jesus. And Lord Jesus, we take your yoke upon us. We take your teaching upon us. That we will honor our father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That it will be well with us and that we will live long on the earth. And so, Father, right now, for all of our mothers, we celebrate them. For all of our mothers, we honor them. For all of our ladies, for all of our grandmothers, for our daughters, Father, we thank you that your blessing remains strong on their lives. Strengthen them mentally and physically. Give them grace in this season. Let them know that they are loved. Let them know that they are celebrated. Let them know that they are honored. Let them know that they are appreciated. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that even if we may have missed it in this area in the past, that the past does not determine the future. And that, Father, right now in Jesus' name, what you have joined together in these families, let no person ever be able to tear it apart. Father, bless these ladies and strengthen them by your mighty hand. Now with every head bowed, every eye closed, still, I'm going to invite our campus pastor to come up at the Highland Colony campus. Uh, For us here at the Lakeland campus and online, if you're here today and you have not loved yourself properly enough to love anyone else because of your mistakes, faults, and failures, you heard me mention this, Jesus died for that. You don't have to live with shame or regret. Jesus died for your sin. And if you're here today and you say, I need forgiveness, Pastor Joel, I want a fresh start. Do you know Paul killed Christians? Hated them so much, he killed them. Persecuted them. And you know what the Lord Jesus did? He didn't hate Paul. <laughs> he didn't hate him. He loved him. He appeared to him. And said, It's hard, isn't it, to kick against the pricks. It's hard to live that way, isn't it? It's hard doing what you're doing. It's hard acting that way. It's hard talking that way. It's hard to kick against the pricks, isn't it? And you know what Paul knew in that moment? It is hard doing it this way. It has not been easy or light. And Jesus said unto Paul, Basically, take my yoke upon you. You can be forgiven. You can be made new learn of me and you'll live a different life and if you're here today and you need that same mercy love and forgiveness with every head bowed every eye closed no one looking around if you want jesus to flood your life right now no one's looking around if that's you i want you to do something i want you to lift your hand all over this place just say lord jesus here i am take me use me forgive me i want to experience your grace and mercy hands going up all over the room Amazing, amazing. Now everybody in here, whether you raised your hand or not, just pray this simple prayer with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, though my sin, though my sin was red like scarlet, your blood has washed me and cleansed me and now I'm whiter than snow my weight has been lifted grace is coming to me your yoke is easy and I thank you Lord you have saved me and now you'll help me live I say boldly my best days are starting right now in Jesus name Amen and amen. Can we give it up today for everybody who made a decision? Oh, come on, church. Can we give it up today for everybody that made a decision?